This is The Lonely Voice with Peter Orner on Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. This is our 100th episode of the Book Public podcast. In that time, we've all heard from amazing authors about their books, how and why they wrote them, their muses and inspiration. Within that happy hundred, I've not just interviewed authors, but also shared my brief reviews and commentaries about books. We've also brought to our listeners an occasional series, 17 episodes to date, called The Lonely Voice with Peter Orner. That series was inspired by the book, Am I Alone Here? Notes on Living to Read and Reading to Live, Peter Orner's 2016 essay collection. It's a book of essays about reading, but also about a lot of other things. It's a book that makes you want to sit alone someplace and read. C.S. Lewis is largely credited with having said, we read to know we are not alone. So what's the story? Are we alone or aren't we? Well, yes and no, and that's truly the best possible answer. In Am I Alone Here?, Orner sets the stage for the necessary condition of solitude in his introduction, though he says he's always been suspicious of introductions. But the point is that he's alone in a garage that he uses as an office. He is alone utterly. He's also thinking about the death of his father and shares that in the year or so after his father died, he really couldn't write fiction. He says, quote, since it is my job to obliterate blankness with words, I felt adrift. Recalls Orner, it was April and snowing, light flecks of snow melted on my face like false tears. We dropped an urn filled with soot into a small square hole and walked back to our cars. Grief weighs heavy, regret even more. And I found that without a certain lightness, I couldn't imagine my way into other people's lives. It was during those befuddled months that something occurred to me. Don't laugh. All these years of reading and trying to write hours beyond hours of reading and trying to write. And one afternoon in a garage, it hits me. The whole time I've actually been alive. How long did I think this dress rehearsal was going to last? Somewhere along the line, these notes began to morph into something different from what I'd originally intended. I began them in 2008 at another time of great confusion in the aftermath of a marriage, but they were never intended to be personal. They were only morning notes to myself. Think of this as a book of unlearned meditation that stumbles into memoir. After a while, this began to appear to have a certain logic. Only through reading had the rest of the world, including my own small place in it, begun to make any sense whatsoever. Stories say what I can't. A few years ago, I came across the word ekphraxis. It took me a couple of dictionaries to track down what it means, which is essentially art that attempts to describe other art. At first, the word seemed pretentious, and I'm still unsure how to pronounce it. But I've come to see that maybe this is what I've been trying to do here, make some poorer art out of other greater art as a means of explaining a few things to myself. Stories both my own and those I've taken to heart make up whoever it is that I've become. I'm a Jewish kid from Chicago, but without Anton Chekhov, without Isaac Babel, without Eudora Welty, without Juan Rufo, without John Edgar Weidman, without Gina Burial, without Malamud, 
gallant and abuse. The list goes on and on and on. I'm not sure I'd have any clue at all who I am. Yet even with them, some days, who the hell knows? Yes, who knows? And though we are sometimes uncomfortable with ambiguity, it is the stock in trade of the short story writer, or should be perhaps. Orner himself says he's drawn to stories because of their, quote, defiant refusal to explain themselves. He says fiction isn't machinery, it's alchemy. Listeners of The Lonely Voice with Peter Orner sometimes ask me where the title of the series comes from. Well, there's not a straight answer for that either, but there's a book by Frank O'Connor called The Lonely Voice. In Am I Alone Here, Peter Orner writes at length about it. It's a study of the short story that is one of the few books about short stories or writing in general that Peter Orner says he can stomach much. Frank O'Connor's The Lonely Voice, first published in 1963, is one of the few books about short stories or writing in general I've ever been able to stomach much. This is because O'Connor never offers any insight on how to tell stories. O'Connor knows such thoughts would not only be useless, they would be completely defeating his purpose. Stories are patently abnormal things, each one a warped and unique universe onto itself. The minute you attempt to streamline a certain methodology of telling, you put on an artificial limitation to the expression of human experience. That was a mouthful. Put it like this, stories can't be caged. The Lonely Voice is about story writers, O'Connor Revere's, Ma Passant, Chekhov, Turgenev, Joyce, Mary Laven, J.F. Powers, and a couple he doesn't, Hemingway, innovative style triumphs over substance, and Catherine Mansfield, brilliant but forgettable. It's about the idea of being a short story writer itself, this lunatic idea of devoting your life's blood to making up stories about things that never happened and people who never existed. It's an imperfect, provocative, cranky book. Among other things, his thoughts on Hemingway sweep far too broadly, and he's way off on Mansfield, but I couldn't live without it. I've taped The Lonely Voice back together so many times now, the pages are all out of order. I remember so clearly the first time I read those words from Peter Orner. I'd studied Frank O'Connor's book for years and admired it, shared excerpts of it with my own students. But reading Orner's words about it was almost an out-of-body experience in that I revered O'Connor's obstinate stance so much for so long. And here was a kindred spirit out there helping me understand my own unformed thoughts. Am I alone here? Well, sometimes. I read to know I'm alone. I read to know I am not alone. It's all of a piece, a necessary paradox. Those things make sense to me as a lover of short stories. And Peter Orner's right when he says that all of our losses, the ones we experience entirely alone in the world, are collective. If they're not, he says, we're truly doomed. If we can't overcome them ourselves, the very least we can do is recognize that we aren't the only ones out here trying to get by. And sometimes the best way to get this idea across is to write about characters that are like us, meaning entirely alone, outsiders. O'Connor writes about this too. 
Here's Peter Orner again. Well, Connor believed that one of the reasons stories stand apart is that so many great ones are told from the perspective of an outsider, or as he put it, in the voice of a member of a submerged population. He acknowledged the clunkiness of the term, but admitted he couldn't come up with anything better. Members of a submerged population are people who, for whatever reason, either by force or by choice, have been excluded from what might be called majority society. Often, they are people without material, political, or social influence. To illustrate his point, O'Connor recalls Ivan Turgenev's line about all Russian writers having emerged from under Nikolai Gogol's The Overcoat. Gogol, arguably, was among the first writers to thrust a true nobody, a common clerk, into a starring role. And here's something else. Why short stories? Why indeed? There just isn't enough love given over to short stories these days. And let me say this too. There just isn't enough love for reading deeply or widely. And that's a problem in our world today. There are writers out there whose books speak to us, sing to us, pull at us, and say just one more page. The mind meld is impossible to articulate. It's a totally ineffable Corsican thing that you just can't put into words. The only thing you can do is read more stories to experience it again, to understand it. A lonely voice speaking the words in our mind as we read in solitude. I'm old enough to know that your people, the real ones, are rare. In the context of the short story club, that's a pretty thin assemblage. The saying goes, never meet your heroes. That's fair, perhaps. I first interviewed Peter Orner in September of 2020, six months into the COVID lockdown. All our meetings have been virtual, so he's certainly the most generous hero I've never met. From my vantage point, this distilled connection works well because we only ever talk about stories, each of us alone. That's how it has to be. Am I alone here? Yes and no. Greta Garbo said, I want to be alone. Not alone alone, just alone enough. It's a requirement for the short story and all the lonely voices out there. On The Lonely Voice from Book Public, we've discussed stories by Gina Berrio, Alice Monroe, Edna O'Brien, Juan Rulfo, and many others. It's been an apprenticeship in real time that our listeners get to experience, too. No matter what author or what story we decide to tackle, I always reread Am I Alone Here alongside my happy homework of reading another short story and the next one and the next May there always be another story to look forward to, to sit with and read, alone, all of us alone. But back to the question, why a short story? Why Frank O'Connor's insistence that there is something different about this form? Why not the overcoat, a novel? It's not that he wasn't capable. Gogol's Dead Souls is one of the most insane masterpieces that exists in novel form. But my thought is that a novel version of the clerk and his coat might have tempted Gogol to offer up some kind of closure for the story. And for Akaki Akakakovich, there can be no closure. Every time I read the story, I feel the loss of that coat down to my feet. 
after the last period, I fall and I keep on falling. Our most enduring short stories never end. In this way, they may last even longer than their fatter counterparts. Another way of saying it, the difference between a short story and a novel is the difference between an inarticulate pang in your heart compared to the tragedy of your whole life. There are many things we find it impossible to say. But we, like Gogol's clerk, pleading his case to a general who doesn't hear a word he says, try to tell them anyway. What choice? The failure of certain stories to say what they're trying to say is the source of their inexplicable force. Peter Orner is the author of Am I Alone Here? Notes on Living to Read and Reading to Live. He's the author of two novels and three story collections, including Maggie Brown and Others. A new collection of essays, Still No Word From You, will be published in October of 2022. Peter Orner is the Director of Creative Writing at Dartmouth College. This has been The Lonely Voice with Peter Orner from Book Public on Texas Public Radio. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. Jacob Rizzotti composed our theme music. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. We had help this week from David Martin Davies. I'm Yvette Benavides. <laughs>